Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Well, amen and good morning. It's good to be back. You know, I, everybody always says, you came from way up island. You know, I live in Langford. That is not very far. And, uh, and uh, I work here during the week, so I'm not really that much of a guest, but uh, I am here. And uh, really, really thankful to, to speak here on Sunday morning. You know, the last time I spoke here, we didn't have the coffee shop up and running. And so I was in the 9 a.m. at these doors trying to greet people, and I thought, nobody's coming to this church anymore. And I realized, oh, right, they're coming over there now. And so, oh, my word, we're all learning together, aren't we? It's beautiful. Um, you know, I want to bring greetings from the West Shore. God is doing really exciting stuff. And, you know, that's not, we're not our own church. This is part of us here. Like, well, we are one church in many locations. And so our victories are your victories. And I just met with a couple last Sunday, and it was so special. Because God is moving. And they came up to me and they had the courage for the first time to talk to me. They've been attending for six weeks. Well, six weeks ago, they were driving down Pete Road on a Sunday morning and they saw a bunch of people out front holding parking signs saying, hey, hey, waving and waving at the sign, pointing at the sign. They drove by one week. The next week, they see the same people out there waving, hey, 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 holding the sign. And they looked up in the windows because we used to meet on the, in the Langford Business Center on the second floor. And you could see where we would worship on a Sunday morning. And they looked up there and they said, you know what? They look like they're having a good time. We should check it out. Why not? Let's check it out. And so they went. They had the courage to go on a Sunday morning. They, they waved to the parking guy and he directed them down to the parking lot and they took the elevator. They came up and they gave their lives to Jesus. And... It was, it was so exciting. It was so exciting because here they were just saying to me on Sunday, you know, there's something different about this place. There's just something different about, about when you talk about God, it feels like he's real and we, we can feel Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, welcome to Christianity. It's amazing. And so it's not just happening there. It's happening here. And you're a part of a growing, life-giving, thriving church. And it's exciting to be here with you this morning. I get the, uh, the privilege to, to close our series that we've been walking through together because we preach the same stuff um, here and, and in the West Shore and so we just do our own spins on it and so we're going through Joshua just out there just as we are here but this morning what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up the series and specifically what I want to talk about today especially as we step into this Christmas season I want to speak on the subject of hearing God as we wrap up this Fear Not series, like, like I want this morning to be as, as helpful as possible. And we've heard some great sermons over these past few weeks from Pastor Lucas and Pastor Andy. And I want to acknowledge right off the top, when it comes to hearing God, that can be terrifying. It can be really scary, this idea of hearing God. I mean, I mean, when I remember when I first became a Christian, I remember being so nervous. Maybe, maybe you can relate. But I remember thinking to myself, I am nothing like those guys up on that stage. I remember thinking like, okay, maybe the people with their hands raised, they hear from God because they also wear deodorant, some of them. And, uh, and I remember thinking like, they're, they're super spiritual and so they probably hear from God. And, and like uh, Pastor Luke, clearly he hears from God. He's Amazing. And, but, but I remember thinking to myself, like, what if God doesn't want to speak to me? 
I mean, I, I, it makes sense that he speaks to some people, but to me, why would he do that? And I got myself, I got into my head. <laughs> I started freaking myself out a little bit. So this idea that, well, well, maybe God only talks to the spiritual people. Friends, I was wrong. God wants to speak to everybody. Like we are literally created to have a relationship with God. That's, that's an extraordinary thought. That, that God, when he dreamt of humanity, he decided to knit family or knit um, um, humanity together in, 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 and create them in his own image. And his intention from the beginning was to be in relationship with you and, for, and with me. It's literally woven into the fabric of our being. And there's few promises that I can make from this platform with absolute certainty that would apply to each person in this room. And I can say with confidence, I promise. But I promise you, I promise you, I don't care who you are, how old, how young, how many years you've been attending here, or even if this is your first Sunday, I promise you, God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. Great. Assuming God does speak to us, how does he do it though? That's a really good question. Because, because we get this idea of like, okay, of course God speaks to people. I get it, I get it, I get it. But how? And how do I know it's him? Great question. Sometimes it's super obvious. Sometimes you might even experience, you might see a visible image of God. I didn't believe this at first. But my own father-in-law, the only reason, like the primary reason, the reason he gave his life to Jesus was because he was walking down a train track in the middle of nowhere and Jesus showed up right in front of him and he gave his life to God. Maybe, maybe you'll hear the audible voice of God. Now this is rare. It's not impossible, but it's rare. But if you're, if you're holding out, waiting for those moments, you might sell yourself short because God speaks in a variety of ways. God speaks to us sometimes through a situation. Maybe he, he closes a door. Sometimes God opens a door and speaks to us that way. Sometimes the creator speaks to us through creation. We, we, we sense this immense peace when we're standing in the middle of a forest. When we're looking at a waterfall or a sunset. We can see these fingerprints of God. Often he speaks through scripture. That's an obvious one and a great one. If I can encourage anything, it would be get into that book. Sometimes God speaks to us through worship, through music, or through a person. Just somebody come up to you and, 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 and can speak to you. Give you a word from God. It could be in a dream where he speaks. Through music, through art. But more commonly than not, you're going to hear God speak to you through some sort of internal impression or, or a feeling in your gut. You just, you just know in your knower 
it's like a, a voice inside your head. And it sounds, like, it sounds like a thought. But it's not really your thought. It, it's almost as if it comes out of, out of nowhere. And, and in my experience, the, the more you practice listening, the easier it gets to discern God's voice from the other voices. I remember, I've used this analogy before, but it's a good one. I remember when I first started dating Shandy. Uh, we were in high school, we started dating, and when you had to call your girlfriend 20 years ago, it was risky, because they didn't have cell phones. You took your life in your hands every time you called her house, because I didn't know if it was gonna be her or her dad that answered the phone. Life was hard dating 20 years ago, I'll tell you that much, things have changed. But so there I am, I'm, I'm taking my life into my hands, and I'm dialing her up, and I phone her, and I hear this, hello? I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling cool. Hey, babe, how's it going? It was her mom. <laughs> I called my girlfriend's mom a babe. What is wrong with me? And we, 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 we think we know. <laughs> I was convinced I could tell her voice. You think you know. But I was wrong. And my point in this story is discerning God's voice takes time. So, so, so don't beat yourself up if you make a mistake here and there. Because that's what we Christians like to do. It makes us feel more righteous. But it doesn't work like that. We all fumble with communication sometimes. Talk to any married person. <laughs> it's it's kind of how we operate. doesn't make you a bad Christian if you make a mistake. It makes you human. And all this to say this, don't be afraid. Okay, it's our Fear Not series. Don't be afraid when it comes to hearing from God. Just relax. Do your best to listen, and then do your best to do what he says. It's that simple. Have a great day. See you later. <laughs> Just kidding. Let's go to the Bible. It's way more interesting. Joshua chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. Joshua chapter 6. We're going to talk about the story of uh, the, the fall of Jericho, where, where, where Joshua comes and, and, and the walls of Jericho, they, they come tumbling down. And I promise you, I promise you once, that God wants to speak to you. But I also make you this promise this morning. I promise you, if you learn to get into this book, if you spend time reading it, not just coming to church and hearing from it, but you in your, in your alone time, in your personal time, when it's just you and God, you spend time with this book, I tell you right now, you'll learn how to hear God's voice clearer. I promise you. So let's look at Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. Says these words. Love it. This is how it starts. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. We heard Pastor Andy talk last week about the, 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 the river separating, the water splitting up. The rumors were going wild. They knew about this God. They heard about this God. They know what this God can do. No one was allowed to enter that city. 
verse 2. But the Lord said to Joshua, if you're in Bible underliner, that's a great thing to underline. The Lord said to Joshua, I've given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. We'll stop right there. You see, the Bible doesn't say exactly how God spoke to Joshua here. How did you think he did it? Right? We get this idea sometimes that Joshua was just walking and Jesus kind of walked alongside of him, gave him a little bit of tidbits on how to live life. But how did he do it? Maybe, just maybe, he was sitting there and he had this impression, this thought inside of his head. Now, if that's the case, whoa, this story comes alive. Because how often does God speak to you that way? And how often do we tell ourselves, no way, this can't be you, God. Yeah, right, that's not you. You wouldn't tell me to do that. You're telling me that I'm going to take this whole city? No way, that's not you, is it? The medium through which God spoke is actually irrelevant. Whether it was the person of God, whether it was an impression, someone shared it to him in a dream, who cares? What I want us to learn from this morning is not so much how Joshua heard from God, but rather what do we do when we hear from him? And I believe that we can learn how to act on what we hear from God based off how Joshua modeled that for us. Because just like in Joshua chapter 6, verse 2, sometimes the reason God speaks to you is to give you insight into your future so that you can know how to prepare with your present. This is, this is literally one of my favorite aspects of being a Christian. You see, because we serve a God who knows who we were yesterday. He knows who we are right now, and he knows who we're gonna be tomorrow. That's the God you serve. He has the full vantage point, not just the Sunday morning at 11.44 version of you. He sees the past, present, and future version of you. So when we hear from God, we're hearing from a God who knows us better than we know ourselves. And that is super cool. This is where I want to focus our attention this morning. There will be times. There will be times in life where God is going to ask you to do something awkward. I'm going to give you the heads up right now. There's going to be times in your life where God is going to ask you to do something that feels um, counterintuitive. It's not how you typically function, but, but God kind of throws you this curveball. It's, it's, it's unorthodox. He may, he may ask you to take a risk that you wouldn't normally take. And when he does, ladies and gentlemen, fear not. Do not be afraid to step out in what God is asking you to do. Because these are the moments where Christianity comes alive. These are the moments where God shines the brightest. Some of you are here today thinking to yourself, man, God is so boring. Being a Christian is so lame. But God's been asking you to do things that you've been too scared to do. And you've been rationalizing it for years. 
these are the moments where our stories get interesting, where Christianity gets real, our faith builds flesh, and we can live it out. This is the way I see it. If God really is who God says he is, and if God knows everything there is to know about me, could it be possible that his plan for my life is better than the way I project it? And could it be possible that what God is asking you to do, no matter how unorthodox, strange, or just counterintuitive it may feel, maybe, just maybe, it will be actually worth it in the end? I think so. So moving on. This is, this is, this is what God says to Joshua. Listen to this battle plan. We live in a post-Bible day, so you probably already know the story. But this story is bizarre. And this is the advice that God gives Joshua when it comes to this is how you will win the war against Jericho, dear soldier. Verse 3. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Period. That's where he starts. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. I'm thinking, you should give them axes or swords or something intimidating, but you get a horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. And when you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as you can. Then the walls then the walls of the town will just collapse and the people can, start, can charge straight into town. Ladies and gentlemen, here you have biblical evidence that sometimes God might ask you to do something peculiar. So don't be nervous. It happens. It happens. Don't be scared to step out in faith. From our perspective, and this is, where, this is where we lead from often, the way we see it from our vantage point, from my shoes right here, right now. What God is asking me to do doesn't make sense. But from God's perspective, he zooms out. He, he sees the broader picture. I've always loved how human and foolish I can be. I like to educate God on my situations. <laughs> I like to inform him of how ridiculous he's doing as a Lord and Savior. <laughs> Let me tell you, Lord, how to do your job. <laughs> we don't articulate it that way, but we all do it. <laughs> all of us. And I love, I love the language in Isaiah chapter 55. It's straightforward, it's blunt. It cuts straight to the chase. This language is absolutely beautiful. And it describes God's perspective on our perspective. Okay? This is Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8. It's on the screen. What a line. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. <laughs> nothing! You think you understand? <laughs> my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. And my ways are far beyond, far beyond anything you could imagine. 
For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You see, God sees your full life picture, not just what's in front of you in the here and now. He sees all of you in one moment. He sees your before, your now, and your after. He might ask you to do things that make, that make you squeamish. He might ask you to move to another country, to leave everything behind because there is a mission out there. There are people out there who need to hear about him. He might ask you to quit your job. And you say, but, 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 but Lord, it's Victoria. I need to pay my mortgage. Where's that going to come from? But God's saying, no, listen, 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 listen. I have a plan for you. And right now, you are stuck. Your full existence isn't wrapped up in this moment. I am your provider, not you. Step out in faith. Sometimes my God might ask a person... Sometimes you might be dating somebody and God asks you to, to give up that relationship. But God, I, I'm pretty sure I love her. I mean, she's a babe. I couldn't do better. This is all I got. Please, Lord, no. But God knows. He knows our intentions. He knows how we're wired. He knows who we are. And sometimes God throws us a curveball because we don't always think with our best interests in mind. Please note that I said date someone. God doesn't ever ask anyone to leave a marriage for someone. I just want to make that clear. I once was speaking at this conference, this, this youth retreat thing, camp thing. And uh, I remember getting ready for that particular evening service. And I, I, I so clear heard God tell me, Adam, I want you to wear this certain hat that I had in my bag. I want you to wear that hat tonight when you preach. I remember thinking to myself, what? No, what? This doesn't make any sense. Lord, you don't care about my wardrobe. That's just me. This is stupid. This is, I just want to wear a hat. That's all. It's what, I just want to wear a hat. So I remember walking out the door and I felt so convicted for not wearing that hat. This sounds so silly. Like it's literally so, so silly. So I remember going back, getting my bag, grabbing my hat, throwing my hat on, thinking, okay, Lord, I'm just going to be obedient. I preached the service. After the service, there was this one teen, this one kid. He was a handful the whole week. Like the whole time I, I, I spoke, arms crossed, looked super disengaged, just didn't care. And this particular service, I finished the message. And he comes up to me after the service. He's like, whoa, dude, I have the same hat. And I'm like, whoa, that's pretty cool. Me too. And I led him to Jesus. And he gave his life to the Lord. And everything changed. Because I wore a hat. Because I wore a hat. You see, what's strange and what's peculiar, unorthodox or weird to you might actually be exactly what you need to be doing. Let's look at verse 6. So verse 6 of our story, it says these words. 
So Joshua, he, 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 he called together the priests, and this is what he said to them. He said, take the ark of the, cov- of the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn, period. Oftentimes, we just blast through these scriptures. And it's easy to miss the significance of this verse. Notice what's happening here. Sometimes hearing God means delegating responsibility to others. Don't be afraid to invite others into what God is doing. I mean, pay attention. See, see, Joshua's the one who heard from God. And if I was Joshua, I would have been guarding that with everything that I had. Because this plan is bizarre. So I would have said, okay, this is what we're supposed to do. I'm going to pick the top seven priests who look the priestliest. And I'm going to take the biggest, best priesters that I could bring. And I would have picked them myself. That's not what Joshua did. He said, assign seven priests to walk in front of you. Instead, he asked them to decide amongst themselves who should go. Instead, he invited them and empowered them to be a part of what God was doing. Because this victory wasn't just Joshua's. It was everybody's. And that's a really powerful concept. It's, it's, it's a really strong thought. You see, following God, listening to God, serving God, it isn't on you alone. Husbands, hear that. The weight's not all on your shoulders. Husbands, I need you. God needs you. Our church needs you to empower your wife. Wives, Our church needs you. Your husband needs you. Your kids need you. Our city needs you. Empower your husband. Your Christian walk isn't yours alone. Include other people in the journey. Parents, empower your kids. How else are they supposed to see how this Christianity thing works? How else are they supposed to know how to hear God, listen to his voice, do what he says? They can't just learn it here once a week. They need to see how to be a Christian at home. They need to see how to be a Christian when you're fighting with your spouse. They need to see how to be a Christian when you're disciplining them, when you're encouraging them, when you're walking with them, when you're laughing with them. They need to see it modeled all the time. Include them in your walk. Bosses, empower your employees. Leaders, empower those around you. Our Our our, our culture just loves to worship heroes. And if we're honest, we kind of love being heroes. We love it. But what our culture actually needs are hero makers. And hero makers give opportunities for other people to be a part of what God is doing. Verse 7. So Joshua talks to the priests, and then he gives orders to the people. March around the town, and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. 
After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horn started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched. And the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. And some of the arms men marched in front of the priests with the horns and some behind the ark with the priests continuously blowing the horns. Verse 10, do not shout. Do not shout. Do not even talk. Joshua commanded them. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout. Then shout. You see, Joshua understood something really important. Sometimes hearing from God means exercising restraint. And this can actually be really scary. You see, just because you can do something uh, doesn't mean that you should, right? Soldiers, soldiers fight. It, it, it's what they do. They, they specialize in intimidation tactics. They, they, they thrive on adrenaline. Joshua isn't a rookie soldier, by the way. He, he, he's commanded armies. He's led armies. He's won victories. He knows how to do the war stuff. He understands tactics. He understands how to take a city. But sometimes the scariest thing to do when hearing from God is restraining yourself from doing something dramatic as opposed to simply just walking it out. God didn't need those soldiers in that moment to be loud. He didn't need them to fight. He needed them to be quiet. He needed them to march. And sometimes... That's all we need to be doing. Verse 11. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the town once that day. And then everyone returned to spend the night in the camp. That particular sentence is super boring. And oftentimes when we read scripture, we just, we just glance over this stuff. Like, okay, let's get to the good stuff. When's the walls fall? When are the heads chopped off? Give me the goods. Right? But this particular sentence, all it's telling us is that they go back to camp and they, fall, they, they go to sleep. Can we pause there for a moment? Because sometimes hearing from God and walking out, sometimes hearing from God and doing what he says is actually extraordinarily anticlimactic. Like, like, if you look at Jesus, we all know Jesus can walk on water, right? But Jesus also rode a boat. In fact, most of his traveling when he went over water was via boat, not via him walking across it like some kind of super walker. Jesus, not everything he did was miraculous. And sometimes we get in this posture in Christianity where like, we need to be really extraordinary at everything we do all the time so that way it's really flashy. But sometimes listening to God and doing what he says is actually anticlimactic. Don't be afraid to return to camp and just go to sleep. Don't be afraid of silence. Stay the course. Don't be afraid of just being okay. You don't need drama to prove that you're alive. It's okay just to be okay. 
Don't be afraid of boring. Not every spiritual battle is one with a war. There's something to be said about consistency, about staying the course, about day in and day out doing exactly what God asks you to do, nothing more and nothing less. There's, there's a secret hidden in this term, this word contentment. Being content, being exactly where you are, doing exactly what it is that God's asked you to do, and then finding life, purpose, and value in that. Verse 12. Joshua got up early the next morning. I love that that's included in there. It's completely irrelevant to the whole story. It's just like a little flex. Like, hey, I did it, so I want everyone to know about it forever. Joshua got up early the next morning. And the priests again carried the ark of the Lord. The seven priests with the ram's horns marched in front of the ark of the Lord, blowing their horns again. The armed men marched both in front of the priests with the horns and behind the ark of the Lord. All the time the priests were blowing their horns. Verse 14, on the second day, they again marched around the town once and returned to camp. And then they followed this pattern for six whole days. Friends, Sometimes hearing from God and doing what he says feels repetitive. And I need you to hear me this morning. Routine is not an enemy. Routine is not an enemy. Stay the course. Remember my words. There is something to be said about consistency. If God asks you to do something, go and do it. Because I can imagine that around day four or five, around day four or five, this would have gotten tough to be a soldier. The temptation to take matters into your own hands would have been really, really there. This idea that like, come on, Joshua, we can, we can do this now. Like, everybody is running on a whim. Everybody's running on the assumption that God actually spoke to Joshua and this plan is actually, hopefully, maybe, possibly, please, Lord, going to work. And they're walking around this particular town day in and day out. They know how to fight. They want to fight. They're feeling empowered. The Lord brought us to this land. Let's take it over. You see, Jericho wasn't a huge city don't think of like big giant cities when you think of Jericho. It's, it's, it's assumed that, that Jericho is actually more likely like, like five or six acres. Like it's actually quite, quite small. Which is to say, it's entirely possible. Like it wouldn't take that much. It's entirely possible that, that as the soldiers at the front of the line walked and marched, that they would have eventually got to this place where they lapped the soldiers in the back of the line. That at one time, all the city would have been surrounded by soldiers. It would have been so tempting to jump the line. It would have been so tempting to, to, to do something. Like day one, I get it. Day two, okay, 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 Joshua, we're with you. Day three, all right, we got this. But day four, day five, day six, it gets hard to stay faithful when nothing is changing. 
And maybe, maybe your marriage is feeling repetitive. Or, or maybe your small group is feeling repetitive. Or maybe coming to church week after week is feeling repetitive. Friends, stay the course. Remember my words. There is something to be said about consistency. Verse 15. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town just as they had done before. But this time, they went around the town seven times. And the seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blasts of their horns, and we have a horn today, that's exciting. As they sounded the loud blasts of their horns, Joshua commanded the people, shout! For the Lord has given you this town. In verse 20, when the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, they shouted as they could. They shouted, they shouted, as loud as they could. And suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the town and they captured it. It doesn't say that the walls, like one wall, a brick fell off, so they threw a ladder up and they climbed in. It doesn't say that at just the right moment, they were so scared that they opened all the doors and so the soldiers came inside. At just the right moment, they all shouted, and the walls from all around the city began to crumble. And sometimes hearing from God means walking faithfully so that in God's timing, he can do a miracle. They, they walked around the town for six days, blowing horns. And on the seventh day, they walked around the same town seven times. They shouted, then the walls collapsed. This, this story makes zero tactical sense. Zero practical sense. And makes very little scientific sense. There, there, there is no rational explanation for why the walls would collapse the way they did. Things don't just move because you yell at them. I've got four kids and a dog. I'm an authority on that. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. This story isn't about how to take over a city and collapse a wall. The story isn't prescriptive. It's not a how-to on war tactics. This story is about hearing from God, doing what he says, no matter how obscure, and then reaping the reward. And we can all learn from that today. Can I ask you to Maybe bow your heads and close your eyes as we close the service. Just for a moment, we'll create a kind of a safe and sacred space in this room. A space for you and God. 
Forget about everybody else that's in here. Because maybe, just maybe, maybe I surprised you today. Or perhaps more accurately, maybe God surprised you today. And you're tired. You are tired of coming up against walls. And maybe the idea of hearing from God is very appealing to you. Friend, you can have a relationship with Jesus today. Trust me. I did not grow up going to church. And when I discovered that Christianity was about having a real relationship with a God who actually speaks to me, who actually wants to speak to us, friend, everything changed for me. And you can start that relationship with him today. Or maybe I can say you can restart that relationship with him today. Because there's been a season where you've been holding back. And sometimes that could happen for a variety of reasons. Because like many of us in this room, maybe you've given your life to Jesus in the past. But for some reason, you've gotten yourself into a bind. And now you're scared because you don't think that Jesus actually wants to speak to you anymore. You've convinced yourself that that what you've done, you're you're too far gone and, and, and God doesn't care. Friend, that's not how this works. Or maybe you're on the other side and it's not so much that you're scared of hearing from God or listening to God, but you're scared of actually like, 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 like what if he's asking you to do something that you don't want him to do? <laughs> like what if he's been asking you to give stuff up that you don't want to actually give up? And maybe it's not so much that you're scared of hearing, but you're actually scared of doing what it is that he asked you. Friend, I pray for boldness for you today. Because we don't know what tomorrow looks like. So let's pray. The sermon is helpful. But it's prayer. It's God who makes all the difference. Friend, you're not a lost sheep. Maybe you're just a scared sheep. And if that's the case, you're in the right place because that's an easy fix. Let's pray together. Jesus, for those in this room today who would acknowledge that they're far from you, but they want a relationship with you. Jesus, we come to you right now in prayer. Lord, sorry for the things that we've done that have hurt others and have hurt you. Forgive us, Father. Forgive us, Jesus. For for trying to do things in our own strength. Please come into my life. Come into our lives. Show us how to be a Christian. Show us what it means to be a man or woman of God. Show us what, how to have faith, Lord. For those of us in this room who are afraid of listening to you, they're scared of what you might be asking them. Father, I pray for boldness and courage. Lord, that we be a church full of courageous Christians, courageous men and women, courageous people who aren't afraid to listen to you and do what you say. 
for those who are scared that maybe you don't want to talk to them anymore. Father, would you, would you replace that lie with some truth? Lord, we're created in your image, intentionally, specifically, strategically placed here for such a time as this. Lord, we are your people. We are your vessels. We are your hands and feet. We are your children. We are the ones that you want to use to reach this city, reach our family, reach our homes. God, it's you. So in Jesus' name, I pray for every person in this room. The Lord, that you would speak to us as we step into this Christmas season. Lord, that you would speak to us. Lord, that you would give us ears to hear you eyes to see you and the courage to do what it is that you ask us to do. We love you, Lord. We give you this morning. In your name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Would you stand with me? Let's worship together.